0: Listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our podcast in a moment, but first, I want to wish everyone a fantastic happy Thanksgiving from Paula and myself. We are both thankful for our OM fans like you. You are the reason why we have kept doing this so long. This was a hobby that has turned into something much bigger than we both had hoped for. We turned a 13-episode download to 55,000 episode downloads a week, and we have over a million downloads, and creeping up on a second million... All because of you. Thank you so much for making this such a successful and wonderful way to share our state's histories and mysteries with the world. And yes, I mean the world. We have to give a shout out to Australia, England, Ireland, parts of Africa, military bases, and many other places throughout the world who tune in weekly to listen to us. Of course, we want to wish those serving all over the world a special thanks as we know it can be tough being away from your loved ones during the holiday season. And now, let's throw another log on the fire, campers. It's time for a brand new mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us, as always, is our storyteller and journalist who spent 30-plus years with the Akron Beacon Journal, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. Coming up Wednesday...
1: Our unresolved series with the Akron Beacon Journal continues. This is going to be number 13, and I do hope you've been enjoying that series. We've been so fortunate to find detectives willing to share information they've never made public before and to speak with families who have been so generous in sharing the details of the lives of their lost loved ones. I found Wednesday's story to be a really poignant reminder that no matter how flawed or troubled an individual might be, their absence leaves a large and painful hole in the hearts of the people who love them. So be sure to tune in for that Wednesday night episode. Anyhow, since the week's bigger story is Wednesday, we flipped our schedule around and you're getting the midweek 10-minute mystery tonight instead. And that's cool because it's the twin to our last 10-minute mystery. In that episode, we reviewed the four open cases that we could find about Lake Erie victims, specifically three John and Jane Does who washed ashore and a fourth case where the victim is known, but the lake has held on tight to the remains. So, it's only fitting that we now head to Ohio's southern border and another waterway that often deposits remains on its banks, the Ohio River. Cincinnati recently gave us a peek of what lies on the bottom of that river. Just last month, a Hamilton County dive crew teamed up with a nonprofit called Living Lands and Waters. They investigated the county's 26 miles of shoreline and spotted 14 cars mired in a watery grave. They were able to pull 10 of them up in just four days using a big crane on a barge. Some of the cars look to have been submerged for more than half a century. Now, it doesn't look like anyone has yet reported on the circumstances of any of those cars, uh, there has to be a story for every one of them, right? Police admitted they were hopeful they might find some evidence to help in an open case. They could be stolen cars used in a robbery or a car attached to a missing person. Hopefully, they'll release some information after they've had a chance to look into them all. One thing is certain, those 14 cars represent just a tiny fraction of what the river's muck is concealing. But the muck doesn't get everything. Sometimes the current will bring a body to shore. I looked at NamUs, that's the national database of missing people and unidentified remains, to see what cases remain open that are connected to the Ohio River. There are half a dozen of them. And I wanted to note that You know, the Ohio flows from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, all the way to where it meets the Mississippi River in Cairo, Illinois. It touches six states along the way. Almost all of the bodies that come ashore do so on the south side of the river in Kentucky beneath Indiana. I really have a feeling that the direction of the current plays a role in that. So, since we have no idea... Where these victims began their journey, we're going to list them all. Let me start with the one that definitely has an Ohio connection. It's a story that began in 1999 when 58 year old Charles Hanlon of Bloomingdale, that's a village in Jefferson County on the state's eastern side, he left home intending to drive to Florida to pick up a motorcycle. As he pulled out of his drive, he was in a brand new truck, a 1999 black Ford F-150 with an extended cab. That was October 27 of 99, and it was the last anyone ever saw of him. In 2008, after almost a decade, Hanlon was declared legally dead. That's all we knew until this past spring. In May of 2022, a private dive team in Jefferson County found Hanlon's truck in the Ohio River, right there off the shore in his home county. It looked like he hadn't even left the state yet. Unfortunately, there were no human remains with the truck, and Hanlon's name remains on the NamUs database but it sure seems authorities believe he was murdered. The dive team reportedly found the car using information from, quote, jailhouse conversations. I'm sure investigators know a lot more. They are not sharing, not yet. If you have any information that can be helpful in this case, the people to contact are the Jefferson County Sheriff at 740 283 8600. Now, the next case closest to us geographically also happened in 1999. May 8th of that year, a body was discovered floating in the river across from Cincinnati near the shore of Kentucky's Kenton County. 23 years later, he still doesn't have a name. He was white, somewhere between 25 and 35 years old, Six feet tall and about 185 pounds, he wore size 34 by 32 jeans with a pack of Marlboro cigarettes and a Bic lighter tucked in the front pocket. He also had on brown Timberland ankle-high boots, size 11. He was too decomposed to tell facial features, but there was this one very odd detail He had what is called a Morton's toe, meaning his second largest toe was longer than his big toe. But here's the really weird part. The toenails on both big toes and the Morton toes were filed to a point. Now, why would somebody do that? I I kept thinking of that being like a handy weapon if you intended to kick someone with your bare feet. In our third case, from May 17, 2010, authorities found a boat in the Ohio River near Louisville, Kentucky, drifting around in circles. When they caught up to it, they saw that the propeller was damaged and the engine was loose, and there was no captain on board. Pretty quickly, they figured out the boat belonged to 51-year-old James Andrew Williamson who was supposed to be taking his boat from a marina in Indiana to Westport, Kentucky. Investigators think Williamson must have hit something, and the force of the impact was enough to throw him into the water. Yeah, it's just an educated guess. The truth is, Williamson has never been found. Here's another case from the shores of Louisville. On April the 6th, 1997, A man was found floating in the water north of the city. From the looks of him, he'd been in the water for weeks. He was anywhere from 20 to 50 years old and had curly black hair. Decomposition was so advanced, though, a pathologist couldn't even determine his race. But a tattoo did offer a clue. It was on his left forearm and appeared to say, George, or at least a word that began with G-E-O-R-G. The oldest Ohio River case in the Name Us database belongs to a man found September 1, 1980. More than 40 years later, this guy is still waiting for us to figure out who he is. He was found floating off the shore by Carrollton, Kentucky. Estimated to be about 40 to 55 years old, he was white, five foot eight, brown hair, and completely nude. An artist made an attempt to draw his face, and there is a sketch online, but clearly it has not been of much help. Now, our sixth and final case was discovered in October of 2021, just last year. But it was older than that, because all that remained was part of a skeleton. A skull and some other bones were found buried in the mud along the banks of the Ohio River near Henderson County, Kentucky. At first, this case got a lot of attention. It seemed possible the bones might belong to Heather Teague. That was a chilling case from 1995. 23-year-old Heather had been sunbathing on a Henderson County beach across the Ohio River from Newburgh, Indiana, when a man scanning the shoreline through a telescope watched helplessly as a man with a gun kidnapped her. Heather was never seen again. But it only took a couple of days for authorities to rule out that the bones were not hers the only real distinctive characteristic in those skeletal remains that might help is a tooth that was in the skull, an upper incisor, and it had gold foil in it. So no doubt someone is hoping a dental record will one day prove helpful. If you have information that could help in any of these cases, they are all different investigating agencies. but. I feel safe in saying start by calling the Kentucky State Medical Examiner's Office at 502-489-5209.
0: That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to our website, ohiomysteries.com. And we will see you Wednesday with our Akron Beacon Journal crossover, Unresolved. See you then.